0: Welcome back to the Potentially Podcast. We are co-hosts, Lindsay and Isabel, and we are so glad that you decided to come back and give us another listen. We have done quite a few podcasts the past couple weeks about broader topics, and we haven't done a finance one in a little bit. So we wanted to throw in a finance topic, and today we are going to be talking about car loans because gosh dang, I hate my car loan. Yeah, the car loan I have right now
1: is the first one I've ever had, and I don't really know that much about it because it was my first one, but it stressed me out regardless. Looking at all the options and how long it would take me to pay off a car, that really feels like it shouldn't take that long to pay off.
0: I think I realized my mistake of the car we decided to get and how long we decided to have the loan payment for about, like, six months into having the car, <laughs> six months into having the car, I was like, wow, we're putting like a lot of miles on this, and we had gotten a used car, so at least we made that good decision. We got a used car over a new car, so that saved us money, and it didn't have that many miles on it when we got it, but we just drive a lot, so I was like, wow, we're, we're really putting a lot of miles on this car. Dang, I, I hope it's gonna last for as long as we have the car payment for, like, what if it doesn't? And so I, I really started thinking about that, and our car loan that we decided to go with was six years I believe which is just way too long for a car loan like six years is just too long when you put as many miles in the car as I do and I was so worried and I'm still worried that we are going to have the car break or something and then we have to figure out okay we have to put all this money into fixing the car or we have to get a new car either way we're kind of screwed because it's just going to cost so much money and so I think that was the turning point of like gosh I need to figure out a way to not have car payments anymore. Yeah,
1: I think when looking at the uh, loan options at the dealership, if you see, you know, the prices go down the longer the loan is, your payments are usually cheaper, which is appealing. But maybe if you can't afford that shorter term lease for the payment, or, not least, loan, then maybe you should just try to find a cheaper car if you can. I know sometimes you just have to get something.
0: Maybe you can't really afford it, but you need a car. That's understandable. But so I think there are situations where you haven't gotten yourself in good financial shape yet, but you need a car, obviously, because you need to be able to get to work. But I think the choice of car. That a lot of people are choosing to make isn't necessary and you tell yourself it's necessary because you're like oh it has the latest features it has the latest safety features it's going to be really reliable i'm never going to have to fix it like that's why i have to get a more expensive car and i just in my experience i don't think that's usually the case i think most cars end up needing to get fixed so i mean maybe you need to fix it slightly less or there's a warranty on it if something big happens or whatever but most of the time i think it makes more sense to go with use car because you can find like decent used cars for under $10,000.
1: Yeah, I think getting a used car is kind of a toss up. Either it works out really well for you or you end up having a lot of things you have to fix, but you can never really know that ahead of time. And my first car, I think I spent about $7,000 on it and it was actually really reliable. It had over 100,000 miles on it when I bought it too. And the only thing I ever had to fix on it was my blinker (laughs) and that only cost me like a couple hundred dollars and the rest of the time it was great so you don't always have to get that super expensive car to find what you're looking
0: for right and I think if you get like an old junker then you know then you're gonna have to worry more about how much it's gonna cost to fix all the time like if you're just gonna spend like two thousand three thousand dollars on a car but I think if you're more in the ten thousand dollar range because that's all you can afford. And you can't afford a brand spanking new car for twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. I think that a $10,000 car is more than reliable enough to get you where you need to go. And it's probably not going to break down all the time. And... I think a lot of people have been fooled into the idea that they need a brand new car, especially a brand new car, like right out of college. Like, I think that's something that's pushed on to people like, oh, you graduated college, you got your first job. Well, now you should get a brand new car. And it's just leading to all this consumer debt. And so we had one statistic here that said by the end of 2019, people owed on average $19,231 for a car. So they owe $20,000 on average. Okay, well, if you have student loans on top of that, or your rent, or your mortgage, or whatever it is, adding an extra $20,000 on something that is not an asset. Like, cars are not assets. They depreciate. They lose money. You're not going to be able to get what you paid for them. It's not like a house where it's going to go up in value. There's very few cars that are like that, more like collectible cars that nobody's buying anyways. So, I think you need to start looking at your car as a liability, not an asset. It's going to depreciate quickly, and you really should not be going out there and spending a bunch of money on a car that you just don't have.
1: Yeah, if you have the money for it, there's nothing wrong with that. I bought a car that's my second car that I have now purchased. It was a lot more expensive than my first $7,000 car, Uh, and I knew going into it, basically I'm throwing this money away. Like, I'm getting the car, obviously, but I'm never going to get any money back from it. So, as long as you're aware of that and you have the money to do it, that's okay, but especially if you have a bunch of other
0: debt, I would not be doing that. Car loans also make up 9% of people's debt. So, mortgages make up 68% of American debt, student loans make up 11% of personal debt, and then car loans are next at 9%. And what really sucks with car loans is that there's so many ways that you kind of get I don't want to say tricked because anyone can go and do their research and find the information. So, I don't want to say tricked in the sense that the people selling you the car are like lying to you. They're not lying to you, but they're definitely not driving home the idea of how much money you're going to be spending. So, a lot of times, I try to just focus on what do you want your payment to be? What can you afford as your monthly payment? Tell me what your monthly payment can be. And that is not what you need to be talking about. What you need to be talking about is what total amount of money can you afford. So, if you have cash for it, obviously, don't get a car more expensive than the cash that you saved up for it. If you don't have cash for it because you still haven't made it through all of your baby steps of paying off your debt and you you need a car and there's no way around it and you have to get something, okay, well then go with the least expensive car that you can find that's going to get you from point A to point B and don't worry about the monthly payment. Don't tell the salesperson, oh, I can afford 500, I can afford 300, I can afford whatever because they're gonna try to find the most expensive car that they can, and they're just gonna drag out your payments over a longer period of time to get that monthly payment down. That doesn't save you money, that doesn't help you in the long run, that gives them more money because you're paying more in interest over time, and they don't care if in, you know, if you have a car payment for six years, and in the fifth year, the car breaks down, and now you're upside down on the car. They don't care, because it's not their problem. It's your problem. So you need to figure out why that's not a good idea.
1: Yeah, when I went to purchase um, our newest car, I definitely did a bunch of research beforehand on what car I wanted. I looked into different dealerships on if they had that car, the prices they had for that car before I even stepped foot in there. So that way I wouldn't be easily influenced into getting something I didn't want to get because they, they really can make anything sound good for you. So it's really important to know what you want and be really confident in that before you ever step foot in there. And then, if you can, I would always encourage you to buy it in cash, but I know a lot of times that can be hard to do. I did that with my first car on the second one. That didn't really happen because of the timeline of when I wanted to have the car buy, but I still didn't have to get a loan that was six years long. So, I encourage you to, if you can, prepare for those situations. I know obviously that's not always the case because cars break down and you need one, but to the best of your ability.
0: Right. And what you decided to do is put extra money each month to get it paid off quickly. Like you said, you're going to have it paid off within a year, right?
1: Yeah. So I believe our loan was for either four and a half or five years, but we're going to have it completely paid within 12 to 18 months of getting it. So what we're doing is we're overpaying on it by quite a bit. Our payment it's supposed to be 600 and something. We're putting about 2000 a month towards it. And then we're breaking up into two payments, one at the beginning of the month and one in the middle because we're trying to pay more down on the principal than just the interest. We're trying to get that main amount down and not have to worry about the interest as much because that's what really gets you when you pay the full term of the loan is all the interest that builds up. So
0: honest question for you, well. Yes. Did you get the car loan because you absolutely had to? Because the, the car you own broke, or did you get, just get kind of excited and you wanted to get a new car because you were excited about the baby coming?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't need the new car. My car was fine, but the baby, I wasn't pregnant yet when we got the car. We were just planning on having a baby, so I thought if I am going to want a family car, I might as well get it now and try to get that paid down before my baby even arrives so I can reallocate that money for my baby and things like child care and not have to worry about... Getting a new car after I've already had the baby, and then my car breaks down. So it really was not a necessity at all. It was just something that me and my husband wanted to do.
0: So I, the reason I point that out is just to like show people that even in Isabel's situation, where she's still going to get it paid down really fast, technically she could have just saved up that money each month and then went and bought that car when she had the money saved up for it, and that probably would have made, you know, a little bit more financial sense for her, but she got a little bit swept up, and Isabel is not somebody that gets usually swept up in emotions, right? So, I think it's something that can happen to all of us, because we're like, oh, I'm really tired of this old car. I'd really like a new car. I'm excited for the next chapter in my life, because we're planning to have a kid. I really want my mom car. I'm really excited about it, you know? So, I think, I'm just saying I think it can happen to the best of us. So I think Isabel's really good about making financial decisions and everything and you know even she was a little impatient and she could have been a little bit more patient and saved you know a few bucks on interest.
1: I agree with that statement. I definitely could have waited and saved up the money which is what I prefer to do but I did get overly excited and then also I thought it's not a bad time to get a loan because I know I'm going to be able to pay it off quickly because I've never had loans before, so I don't really have any good credit. So I actually had to have my husband there to co-sign with me or else I wouldn't have been able to get it by myself.
0: Which is so ridiculous because you have paid for everything your entire life, have no debt, which should be a good thing. But because you didn't have a loan already, there was no proof that you could pay something off. And so you were seen to have bad credit, even though your husband, who had some consumer debt that he had to get paid off in the form of credit cards, was seen as a more reliable person. And it's no dig at Nick whatsoever. I mean, obviously, you guys know that I have some debt too that we're trying to pay off. But I just think it's like ridiculous of how credit scores work and that Isabel is seen as a less reliable buyer, even though she has done everything right with her money. And so, I think that kind of goes into the trap that Dave Ramsey talks about. Your credit score really shouldn't matter. And it's so frustrating that when you're starting off and maybe you don't have the cash for everything right away, it does matter like when you're going to get a mortgage or whatever it is you're going to be getting. I just think it's really, really frustrating because Isabel should be like A plus, number one person to loan to because, you know, she pays for everything herself, but instead she's kind of like, ugh, we don't really think we can trust her.
1: Yeah, I was really shocked by that. I mean, I knew that was a thing, but it it was still a little frustrating because I do have a good credit score, but it was all only based on my credit card since I'd never had loans like that before. So, yeah, my husband had car loans and some other loans before, so he seems to be more reliable than me, which he did, of course, pay all that off on time and never missed payments, so that looks good for him, which is great. But yeah, in the future, I would probably just never get a loan, but in a sense, it's good that I have this one getting out of the way, because when we go to get a mortgage, I guess it'll look better to lenders.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I just, that's so frustrating, and the more I listen to Dave Ramsey, the more I'm like, yeah, Why? Do they care about that? They care about that because they want to pull you into the trap of using more loans and kind of getting you behind, and it's it's really good. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you're kind of coming along with us of this debt journey, getting rid of your debt. If you are already out of debt, then I applaud you, and I hope that you continue on that way because, like, just don't get sucked back into it. It's totally not worth it. And, like, when we were researching some statistics for this episode, I came across that apparently 84-month car loans are now becoming more common, so more people will get 84-month loans, which I just don't understand how you have an 84-month loan for a car. Like, I think... Honestly, five, six years is kind of pushing it because, you know, just crazy stuff happens with cars, right? Even if you have insurance and everything else, which you should have, it's just, it's not something that you should have a really long loan for because you're you're using it every day, you're putting a lot of miles on it, you get into accidents, all this stuff happens, you're not going to be able to sell it for more than it's worth, you know, just there's so many factors that go into why you shouldn't have a long length for your loan and then I find out that apparently some people get an 84-month loan. I don't even, I didn't even know you could do that. I did not know you could do that either. I had never seen that
1: as an option, and that just sounds crazy to me because the five-year ones seem extremely long to me for a car because you never know how long your car is going to last, especially a used one. That would would just be really stressful to me, thinking I have to
0: pay that off for so long. And we haven't even touched on leases, so some people decide that they want to get Um, leases instead of buying a car. And I think if you've listened to Dave Ramsey, then you probably already know this, but they just don't make financial sense. Leases just do not make sense. You're paying so much money, especially like the lease to own. It's it's crazy. I, I told Isabel the only way that a lease makes sense is if you are a car guy and you have millions of dollars and you just like to have a rotation of cars that you get to drive because you find it fun and it's not about getting from point A to point B, it's about having fun and you have tons of money to blow, okay, maybe you get a lease so that way you can constantly get new cars and it's something that you know you're wasting your money on but you like wasting your money on that because you just get something out of it. It's just fun for you. That is like, honestly, the only time a lease makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, I don't really understand the point of them, except for in a situation like that, because it doesn't seem like you're getting much out of it. You're not going to have the car in the end. It seems to be like throwing your money away a little bit. Kind of similar to just when you rent an apartment instead of buying, like, but that even makes more sense than leasing a car, because you could rent until you save up money for the house.
0: Well, right. There are, like, specific situations where renting makes sense. Like, if you're not going to be in a place for a long period of time or, you know, you are saving up for a down payment or whatever it is you're doing, there's, like, there's reasons why renting is good for a, you know, short period of time. I don't think it's good forever, but it's good for a short period of time. But with leasing, I just, I don't see the benefits of it. I just think you should pick a used car that's cheaper within your budget. Try to get it paid off as quickly as possible. Like Isabel said, if you can save up the money for it, I mean, that's even better. But when we just started looking into car loans, I just couldn't believe that it was, I think, the third highest amount of debt that people have. I mean, I can believe it, but it's just crazy when you think that it's this item that you're never going to make money from ever. It's not like a house or even even a diploma. Even though it's frustrating to have student loans, at least I've gotten a job because of that. Cars don't get you anything. (laughs) They get you nothing. So to have that be such a huge portion of the debt and the thing that's dragging, you know, everyone down in America, I just think is crazy. And we need to start changing how we look at car loans. Yeah, it makes sense to me that it is a higher percentage
1: of people's debt just because most people need a car to be able to go to work and things like that but it's just when getting that car and making the smartest choice for you and your family if you have one you don't have to get that most expensive car the fancy car my first car didn't even have cruise control or anything like that and really it didn't even bother me you get used to those things when you drive the car you don't need all that fancy stuff. It's nice to have if you can afford it, but if you're just getting a base model car because that's the cheaper option. There's nothing wrong with that. So we've talked about quite a few things with car buying, like leasing and loans, the length of the loans. If you guys have any opinions on that, any ideas that we didn't even touch on, we'd really love to hear it. You can go give us your thoughts at our Instagram or Facebook at Live Potentially. Head over to our website at livepotentially.com. Join our email list. You can find all our podcast episodes there as well, along with our budgeting spreadsheets if you need help budgeting for that car you want to get. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.